0: me duck which is the traditional derby greeting to whoever we meet whenever we meet them and no I don't actually know what a up me duck means but who cares because what matters is that you're here and I'm here for the Art of Brilliance podcast series 5 which is just a little bit different so in this series there are no guests it's just you and I making a weekly commitment to 10 minutes or less that's 10 minutes maximum per week every week for 52 weeks that you and I are committing to a personal relationship based on happiness and well-being. So time is short, let's crack on. Now this week's episode is uh, brought to you with a little bit of a backstory about being a children's author and then bring it bang up to date okay so here's the weird thing about me so yes I have got a PhD I keep banging on about that right but I'm not an academic person so as I've said in previous podcasts I kind of ground out my PhD at Loughborough University Um, I hung in there for a lot of years and eventually um, positive psychology that kind of thing and got myself a doctorate right which is pretty cool I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that I hung in there over the years but I also at the same time as writing my phd i was also writing a a a a children's series of books for puffin called spy dog (laughs) which is kind of a bit weird if you did a venn diagram right of the sort of phd in one circle and then children's authors in another circle and you brought those circles together that interlocking bit there's basically it's just me essentially we've got a lot of people who've got a phd and we've got a lot of people who write children's books but i don't think anybody does both of those so essentially i'm an academic with a mental age of about 7 and 3 quarters which mostly serves me well occasionally gets me in trouble but mostly serves me well i think it gives me a unique perspective anyway park that for now this was back a few years quite a few years ago now and um i was invited down so i'm really lucky i'm touching touching my forehead here like touchwood is that that i was very very fortunate that my book series um it actually won the children's book of the year um in 2005 so it got a huge media boost which created a series and as part of that i got invited down to uh waterstones bookshop down in um trafalgar square at their flagship store to do a book signing um, and it's like, I'm from Derby, right? If you go to London, just going to London is quite exciting. But to get invited to Waterstones flagship store to do an actual book signing, I'm like, oh my gosh, my ego was like kicking off going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You've kind of made it. You And I, I thought what I'll do is um, I'll get there fashionably just right, just maybe a little late and as I walk into this, I'll sweep into Trafalgar Square and there'll be this little queue of, in fact a very long queue snaking around Trafalgar Square of all these kids holding their Spy Dog books, waiting for their books to be signed by the world famous author that I'd big myself up to be Now of course, uh, dear listener, um, you know me by now, is I wouldn't be telling that story if it went according to plan so I got to Trafalgar Square and there was nobody there at all, there was not a single child (laughs) I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. There's not a single child turned up for their book to be signed and I've got an hour slot um, upstairs on the third floor in this huge bookstore and obviously I couldn't just turn up and leave in case a child did turn up wanting their book signed by uh, their favourite author. However, an hour, nobody turned up. So picture the scene. I'm totally humiliated, absolutely embarrassed, wishing the world would just open up and swallow me up and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. And I've got an hour to kill in the children's section of this uh, huge flagship bookstore. So I started to read. um, There was a carousel with books on, which was the Mr. Men books. And I remember I I used to read them to my kids, and I kind of quite like the Mr. Men books. Now, essentially, I was not in a good place here. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated. I am... I've got, as we would say in Derby, I've got a bag on, right? So I've got my grumpy face on. Um, I wasn't yet a Doctor of Happiness. I didn't learn. Anyway, I didn't know this then. So I am reading the Mr. Men books, and I noticed there's lo- there's lots of really cool Mr. Men books, right? So on that carousel, there was, uh, well, there was Mr. Happy and Little Miss Sunshine. They're the headliners. Right? Now, picture this. If you've never seen Mr. Happy, basically, he's a big yellow... Round creature, bald, with a big smile on his face, like one of those happy, sort of hacienda, sort of pills that you used to take in the eighties, and he's got trainers on. So, so, he, I, w- I was looking at Mister Happy. And I'm thinking, this is aimed at five-year-olds. What the message there seems to be, if you want to be happy, then just take all your clothes off, take drugs, and and put a stupid smile on your face and eat lots of cake. I mean, it didn't make any sense. And then Little Miss Sunshine is the same. She's also naked with a stupid smile on her face. Remember, I'm not in a good place here. Mr. Worry's got a furrowed brow. Mr. Grumble has got got an angry face on. There's Mr. Rude, who I think, you know, the actual book cover is quite polite. He should have had a middle finger up. And then there was a series, because I was not in a good place, I'm thinking, well, we could write about the modern world, Mr. ADHD. Yeah, you know, what it, I mean, Mr. Can't Be Bothered. We all know somebody like that. Mr. Mood Hoover. Anyway, I came across a book, and it was the brand new Mr. Man book at the time. And it's, I've got it in front of me, the reason I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read it to you in a minute, just three pages of it. And it broke my heart. It snapped me out of my fog, right, and it broke my heart because it's called. If if I had to picture, let me tell you. So it says, "Mr. Nobody" by Roger Hargreaves. Mr. Nobody, and on the cover, there's this sort of transparent Mr. Man character with no content to him. He's just a. He looks. He looks like Mr. Invisible. Basically, he's just an outline. It's really sad, and I thought, oh my gosh, Mr. Nobody. What? That's awful, um, and because it was. Because I had an hour to kill and I wasn't in a good place, and I hadn't read it before, I thought, well, I'll I'll give it a read. It's a two-minute read. I'm just going to share three pages with you, all right? And then I'm going to make a massive academic point uh, on the back of it. But if you just let me go with it, this is where Mr. Happy... If I picture the scene, I'm not going to read you the whole book, okay? Mr. Happy is just on his way to Little Miss Sunshine's house to have a cup of tea, like he does. And Mr. Happy uh, walks underneath a tree... And in the tree, there's, there's a very, very unhappy guy called Mr. Nobody. All right, so off we go. I'm just going to read three pages, so put your listening ears on, sit with your legs crossed, and away we go. Whew, okay, three pages of it. Here we go, Mr. Nobody. And you'll never guess what Mr. Happy saw. There, sitting on the branch of a tree, was somebody who sort of was, but wasn't. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. You could see right through him, and he was crying big, fat, wet tears. Who, Mr. Happy Ministersplutter, are you? The person who sort of was but wasn't looked mournfully down at him and replied, Nobody. Nobody, gasped Mr. Happy, but everybody's somebody. The person who sort of was but wasn't sighed deeply. Except me, he said, and he started to cry more big, fat, wet tears. Where have you come from? asked Mr. Happy. Nowhere, Mr. Nobody sighed the sort of sigh that breaks your heart. I, I know I used to be somebody, but I can't remember who he sniffed. I think said Miss Tappy that you'd better come home with me. Why sobbed Mr. Nobody, because said Miss Tappy, we must do something about you. There's nothing you can do about a nobody where well, the person who sort of was but wasn't, of course, there is said Miss Tappy. Follow me all right now, I'm not going to read that I'm not going to read the rest of the story because it's absolutely appallingly bad. However, that <laughs> that was the real reason that I got invited to London to read that story because that story um, triggered in me a real. Life. Remember, I was doing a PhD at the same time, loads and loads of academic study. It triggered in me um, a research piece that I'd seen. It was in fact a Gallup survey, um, and I googled it on the train on the train back to Derby from St Pancras to Derby. After that event, I googled. I, I got on on the train Wi-Fi and I googled this Gallup survey. and it's, In fact, it's from 1999. It's a big survey. There's about 50,000 respondents. And and dear listener, there is a question on that survey um, that pretty much I think might be the silver bullet of leadership. Right? Remember all kind of all the things you've been on on leadership. If there's kind of one thing that that Mister Nobody teaches us, it's this. There's this. There's this statement on this Gallup survey that if you can tick yes to what I'm about to say, the chances are you'll turn up to work feeling motivated and the statement is, somebody at work seems to care about me as a person. All right, let me say it again because it's beautifully crystal clear and very simple. Someone at work seems to care about me as a person and I would put to you, dear listener, if you can tick yes to that statement, then you will turn up to work with some fire in your belly. And equally, if if I was a school child or or, or a teenager at school and I could tick yes to somebody at school seems to care about me as a person, then I would also turn up to school with a fire in my belly. So if we got all the bull and all the psychobabble and we boil it down to that, someone at work seems to care about me as a person. So my message until next time is to truly care you seriously care about your people if you're a leader take your eye off your targets and put your eye on your people and if you're a school teacher or work in education take your eye off the Ofsted and put your eye on the kids and what you'll get is you'll begin to turn everybody into a somebody thank you thanks for listening to the art of brilliance podcast if you've enjoyed it Please subscribe and tell the world. A nice review would make our day. That's the very best way of getting like-minded people to tune into our very simple messages about happiness and human flourishing. If you've hated it, please keep quiet. (laughs) Remember, the world has enough negativity already. So be a lover, not a hater. Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk